Hi, this is Grace Legel, and I'm from the Red Wing delegation. I went out asking people the size matter delegation size, of course. Here are what people answered. Evans. Does size matter? No. <laughs> Elk River. Does delegation size matter? Uh, yes. How come? Um, because like when there's more people um, in your delegation, there's more, um, like if you want to represent people from your delegation, you know what I mean? Um, there's more opportunity to do that. But small delegations are still nice. And they're... Uh, Cat Hiveri Ridgedale. Does size matter? I don't think so. Ridgedale. And does size matter? Uh, I guess, yeah. What about delegation size? Um, yeah, definitely. How come? Because the bigger the better. Uh, Caleb Quarter from the Red Wing delegation. Does size matter? Um. Delegation size. Delegation <laughs> size? Um, no, not really. I feel like small delegations, if they get their voice out there, they can be represented equally um, to the big delegations as well. I don't believe size matters. <laughs> Maya Benway, Red Wing delegation. Does size matter? Always. Saul Mishafi from Friendly. And does size matter? Delegation size, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how you look at it, in all honesty, um, yes. Ian Colby, Elk River delegation. And does size matter? I really don't think it does, just as long as you have fun here. That's all, that's all we're here for. Oh, Fridley. And does size matter? Uh, no, not really. It's just everybody should have fun. Uh, Ian Klugel, New Prague. And does size matter? Uh, Delegation size. Uh, yeah, I was a little confused there. Uh, I'd say no. Okay. Why not? Uh, because you can, you can still get the same experience whether you're here with a lot of people. Or and that was the delegates answering the question, does size matter? It was really interesting to hear everyone's point of view and the reactions to this funny question. Yeah. It's remember that Angadera and Dane Germany are running for 2021 governor and lieutenant governor. They are so excited to be running, so come to the town hall debate and hear their platform or go talk to them or anyone passing out pins to find out more about them. Have a great conference. Big has many different program areas with their own processes and quirks, such as Ledge and NIF. Although Ledge and NIF are very similar, they also have some serious differences, such as an emphasis on debate in NIF and just straight votes for Ledge. Yet Bill 4403 of the Stassen Senate in Humphrey House breaks the mold for most bills in Ledge. It failed the committee vote, yet was passed due to debatability. Jack Barabo and Jared Garcia got these comments. The controversy lies in the fact that it was passed because it's debatability. Some might see this as a fine break from the norm, while others might see it as a violation of the legislative system. As both debate and the process are important, who knows what the right call would have been. So you are the author of Bill 4403, correct? Yes. Uh, please state your name and delegation. Ian Klugel, New Prague. Uh, so your, your bill was voted to fail, correct? But it passed due to the sake of debatability? Yes. Do you agree with that concept that it should be passed due to the sake of debatability? Or does it have to go through a voting process? Uh, no, I believe it would have been better if it had gone through a voting process. All right, so you believe it should be more true to the legislative system than maybe something like National Issues Forum? Uh, yes, I agree with that statement.
Do you think that uh, other people share this opinion, or are you alone in your thinking here? Uh, I think uh, the majority would probably share this opinion. Do you think it's going to go anywhere within the House or Senate? Uh, no. All right, thank you for your time. Yes, you do. So, please state your name and delegation. I am Jesse Vogler, and I am from the Burnsville delegation. And what position do you hold? I am the committee chair of um, the Edges Committee for Sass and Humphrey. And uh, Bill 4403 was passed through the, this committee, correct? Yeah. And that was passed through the sake of debatability, correct? Correct. Were you told to do that, or was that an independent decision? That was an independent decision. I felt that it was a very good bill and would spark a lot of good debate. So So you think finding a good debate is more important than maybe getting actual votes like the legislative process? It varies. All right, thank you for your time. Thank you. My name is Clarissa Kramer from the Hastings delegation, and I interviewed delegates about how much stuff they packed for this weekend. Can you say your name and delegation? Megan McNamara and Hastings. Yeah, one question. How much did you pack for this trip? Way too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good answer. How much did you pack for this trip? Uh, I packed a suitcase and two backpacks. Okay, is that it? Was it really full or was yeah, it? It was all really full. I just like. I would say I would actually say one of my suitcase or one of my backpacks was heavier than my suitcase. I would like. A ton of Kleenex and stuff because I had a cold beforehand. <laughs> ton of clothes. Um, I almost like couldn't fit all my stuff in my suitcase. It was a lot. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Name and delegation, please. <laughs> Angelise Tischler and Hastings. Garrett uh, Orno. Delegation. Thaler Como. Delegation. Ben Hastings. Delegation. Joe Mama. Delegation. Okay. One question is, how much did you pack for this trip? Uh, too much. Oh, I kept it packing, you know, kept it real, got the good stuff in there. But you always got to keep some extras around, you know. You can't ever, like, keep it low. You always just got to keep it ready, on the ready, just in case somebody calls out, out of the unexpected, you know. Like, you can't be unprepared. You always, always got to have protection. Always. Okay. <laughs> Maybe what? two suitcases? Two suitcases? Were they, like, pretty packed or were they pretty light? Pretty packed. Anybody else want to ask the question? I, I, it depends on what you mean by packed. I have two suitcases full of just snacks and two of just clothes. So you have four suitcases. Yeah. yeah. And then a personal bag and then a fanny pack. Okay. Yeah. How'd you carry that in? I brought a bag for my bag. <laughs> Dang, bro. <laughs> right, that, That's how you know you're packed. I had a suitcase. That's it? Yeah. Nothing special? Wow. The rooms weren't big enough for me and my suitcase like, and my room. Yeah, half food, half clothes. It was pretty, it was pretty good ratio. Okay. I brought a lot of I just brought a hamper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to add? I don't like... You're a great... Uh, Clarissa. I heard vegetables person. are good for you something. Okay. You're what? Yeah. What is good for you? The LGBTQ plus community is one of the most outspoken groups in recent memory, as they have been around since 1988 and have made great strides for equality. Fred Garcia got a chance to talk with Vincent Christensen, someone who has been personally affected by conversion. And I am interviewing uh, Vincent Christensen. All right, and your name, uh, your delegation? Fred Lee. Nice.
All right. So first question we'd like to ask is, uh, how do you feel about a bill like this being pushed? I feel that it should have been pushed a while ago, and it's good that it's coming into light now with Minneapolis finally banning conversion therapy. I feel like Minnesota should make its way towards banning it completely. And uh, if you had anything to say to the law, because there was a opportunity for this to be passed, uh, and what would you say to the people who were against it, essentially? I would say that even though I understand where you might be coming from, I feel like this would be helpful to a lot of people. Even though it might be against your religion or who you are or what you believe in, I feel like no minor should be forced into something that they're against. Me, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what was your main reason for attending? So, like, were you, did you want to go there or were you forced into it? I was forced into it. I wasn't given a choice. If I didn't go, I would have been kicked out of my house. Uh, how do you feel like this should be approached in real government? Do you think there's any specifics that should be approached with it? or? I feel like we uh, should approach it in the sense of thinking about... I think we should approach it in the sense of thinking about the people who like have been affected or could be affected by it not being approached and I feel like we should approach it soon and rationally. Where was your treatment? Um, oh my gosh, where was it? It was, honestly, I can't even tell you because, so I got PTSD from the thing and my brain has like shut out most of it because it was traumatic and that's what you tend to do. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, it was in Minnesota. Okay. It was in Minnesota. Okay. Are there any other uh, LGBTQ bills that you feel like should be passed in Minnesota to affect an overall, you know, how we should express ourselves or anything like that? Um, I mean, well, last year I actually had a bill on um, making a mandatory uh, LGBT sex education unit, and I feel like that should be something that's approached because we should be teaching kids that it's all right to be who they want to be instead of... Finally, uh, were there any conditions about your stay that really stood out? Um, we weren't really allowed to talk to each other at all. I mean, it was very closed off. Every year at Youth in Government, students hope to inspire change in something, whether it be banning a discriminatory treatment that affects thousands of youth or charging more money for the plastic bags at the grocery store. Bills like 5401 show the real effects of what we talk about here at YIG. And hopefully, these kinds of bills make you think more closely about the change you want to see. Hey guys, another reminder that Anne Gadara and Dane Germany are running for your 2021 Governor and Lieutenant Governor. They hope that you are having a great conference. Remember to vote for Gadara and Germany on Saturday, as they are the most passionate about making your Moss experience the greatest it can be. I'm Jack Barabo with Courts are a lesser known part of YIG with exciting and fun action with even debate so intense that it rivals Niff and Ledge. As well as being a great program area, it has fun people. Jack Barabo got experience for even the YIG radio and I'm here with... My name is Connor Ferguson. I'm with the Supreme Court. And what delegation are you from? Uh, Ridgedale delegation. And how, how far has it gone so far? Um, so I'm on Ant v. State of Minnesota, which is an illegal search and seizure case 
I've only gone one round, but it's gone it's gone pretty good. We won one of the issues, and since we were going appellant, we won. We ended up winning the round, which is very good. Uh, I hope to do better next time and maybe win both the issues, but it was good thus far. Yeah, that's great to hear. Uh, what's an exciting moment that you've experienced in court so far this year? So far this year, an exciting moment was actually the deliberation I just ended with, where um, following deliberation, we all decided on one, on one conclusion, and then something came to my head, and I started talking about it. We actually all flipped our, our, our decision on one of the issues. What makes courts different or special, especially from the point of view of a lawyer? I think it makes it really special because you're not just making the laws, but you're interpreting them and you're applying them and you see a lot more of the real world application of the laws rather than just what you think, how you think the world should be. Because we can't, at this moment, we can't change the status quo, but we can understand how the status quo should be interpreted. How long have you been in courts and uh, what made you pick courts? I've been in courts, this is my third year in courts, I've been here since eighth grade and I'm a junior now. So courts has been my entire time, and I chose it because um, I had some, some some of my cousins were in were in courts before me, and I just really enjoy arguing. I'm in debate, so arguing sides is something that I really enjoy doing. This is Jack Barbo for Yig Radio, uh, interviewing Emily May and Ava Hart. And where are you guys from? Forest Lake, New Prague. <laughs> What's an exciting moment in courts so far this year? Um, it was really exciting to get sworn in by a real justice and to kind of see everyone together for the first time. Um, at joint convention, Tim Waltz shook our, all the justices' hands um, and congratulated us, which was very exciting, and we've been, we've been kicking it off since then. What makes courts different or special from the point of view of a justice? From the point of view of the justice, we, kinda, we have to look at all angles, both the attorneys from the appellates and the respondent side, but we also have to look at it from a non-biased um, deciding point. So it's really interesting to kind of take away all of our pre-assumed biases and what we personally may think and really set it aside to pick what the law says. To go off of that, um, every other program area is more personal preference than the courts is. In the courts, every delegate and every justice and everyone involved has no personal preference in any of the cases. There's no talk of like anything that would be personal. Um, no politics, no nothing. It's just pretty much straight out constitution and the argument of that. And I think that's really exciting and really different from most program areas. Uh, what made you join courts and how long have you been a part of it? I think I joined courts Oh, I don't want to say this, but it's true, probably because of Legally Blonde. Um, I've been in court since I was in ninth grade. I started in Court of Appeals, so that's three years now. Yeah, I really like the show. I started in courts because I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, and now I, then I didn't, and then I've kind of come back to it. Um, I've been in it since 10th grade, so this is my third year, and I was in Supreme Court, or sorry, I was in the Appeals court, so the first time, and then Supreme second and third. What makes a justice more special than any other head of a program area? 
I feel like that's a very subjective question. Um, what makes it special to me, though, is I get the chance to really help delegates personally and watch them grow throughout their cases because I get the chance to judge with them uh, and then judge them. And you kind of see them take on different roles and different responsibilities and really grow through the conference. I think in most other program areas, any um, head or leader in that program area is mostly doing facilitating and trying to just do scheduling and that kind of stuff, which we do here. But it's more of like being a part of the program in a different way and still actively participating every day and being in with the delegates and on the floor and in the court every day versus like, I don't know, I feel other programs would do more facilitating and just trying to get people through and not really getting to be as much as a big part of that program. Most novice delegate. With every new case comes a new and interesting perspective. For anybody looking to find a new program area, courts might be the place for you.